Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Children for Sunday school, you may be dismissed. I want to take a few minutes today. Um, I'd like to go back a little bit in what Pastor Daniel is, has preached on David and Goliath living above the noise. If you did not get to hear those sermons, you've got to go online and grab those two sermons and listen to them. Da Pastor Daniel shared... And I've never heard revelation on David and Goliath like Pastor Daniel shared last week. I have no idea who's doing that. Kieran, I think we need somebody on the video. Thanks, buddy. I know, you don't get to read the Hardy Boys. Apparently, he dances when he does the video. But you've got you've to grab um, a listen to, take a listen to, to Pastor Daniel's sermons on uh, David and Goliath. And, and Pastor Daniel spent a lot of time talking about what he referred to the pre-fight or the preparation for the fight. And um, today I want to talk a little bit about the fight. Has anybody ever been in a fight? I, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I haven't been in too many fights um, because either I was freaked out or I just didn't have the guts. Um, so uh, I've never, can't say I've been in too many physical fights, but I've been in some spiritual battles. And uh, whether you've been in a fight or whether you're, you're going through a, a literal fight or whether you're going through something spiritually that is entangling you, a fight, it takes everything out of you. It takes everything you've got. And today I want to talk about living above the noise. And I want to, the title of my sermon is, When the Odds Are Three to One. Have you ever faced odds that are like three to one against you? And it's like overwhelming, and you just look at it and you go, well, what's the use? And you feel like throwing in the towel. Well, today I want to talk a little bit about that. When the odds are three to one, pick the one. And I don't mean the number one. I mean the one, Jesus. So I'd like you to turn to 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to read a few verses out of there. And I know Cora has a passage ready. Before you throw that up, Cora, I will. I just want to read one verse, and then we'll get to the the body of it. Uh, Pastor Daniel shared this verse, and this was the first verse that Pastor Daniel shared when he talked about David and Goliath, and it hit me like a brick. And I want to sh I want to read this verse to you because this verse, as we go through the sermon. I want you to understand where we're coming from. And in this verse, it says now, the, it's in 1 Samuel 17, and it's the first verse. It says, now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Sokoth, which belongs to Judah. 
And Pastor Daniel went through the names of those places. But what I want you to see is that the enemy came and he camped in the place that belonged to Judah. The enemy came and he put his seating and he sat down in the territory that was not his. The territory was that which belonged to Judah. And the enemy, today we're going to go after some things. We're going to go after some healing today. And what I want you to know is that the enemy, he comes and he doesn't sit outside all the time. Sometimes he does, but there's times when the enemy comes and he actually tries to take what is yours. And he sits there and after a while it's almost like he claims squatter rights. I've been here long enough, now this is mine. And so today I want to look at the battle that they, took, that they took against the Philistines. And that is the background, that's the setting that the enemy came into Israel's territory. The enemy came into their territory. What territory do you have? What territory do you have that the enemy has come into? Do you have some financial territory that the enemy is trying to get into? Do you have some health territory that the enemy has come into? I believe in divine health. I believe in divine prosperity. I believe in divine wealth. I believe in divine peace. I believe in what God has given is the territory that I live in and I need to live in. And yet I have found myself, I wake up and all of a sudden I look around and I realize that the enemy has come into my territory. And that's the background of this story. And the intimidation, and Pastor Daniel shared on the intimidation and all the words and, and the throwing and the barrage of, of what the enemy did. A few weeks ago, I went to a Vancouver Whitecaps game. And I enjoy soccer. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the last three days. And the next month is going to be like soccer heaven for us guys. World Cup. And my team won 5-1 to one a couple days ago. And Pastor Daniel's celebrating today. He's wearing orange. He's celebrating Holland. Um, I... Didn't want to do that, but uh, our, my team w did well. But a few weeks ago, there was a number of us that went to a, a Whitecaps game. Uh, Mike and Melanie uh, set up uh, tickets, and so we all went out. And I sat in a different area with about four or five of us, and there was a guy in front of us that was drunk at the beginning of the game. Okay, Now, I don't... I've, I've never uh, been exposed to drinking in my family growing up. So for me, that is a little different behavior, a different environment. And uh, I don't always pick up on it, but I picked up on it there. And the guy, he was like, he was out of it. He'd come from Victoria, and there was a group of them, maybe about seven or eight guys, if not more. And... Uh, I was probably the smallest guy there, so I kind of assessed the situation right off the bat, and I thought, okay, physically, I'm in trouble if this goes sour. 
So, um, so anyways, he was drunk, and he was, he was all over the place, singing, yelling, screaming, doing stuff. And, but but he, was, he was cordial to everybody, and he was everybody's friend. At the end of the game, with like five minutes left, and it was a, uh, there was some pressure on in the game, he stood up, and he was like six seats in, and he stood up to walk out. And his buddy, his buddy didn't move his legs. And this guy said, move. And his buddy just sat there. And I saw this go from here to here in about that fast. And all of a sudden, the guy just, it was like somebody knocked, knocked him over, and all of a sudden, he just went ballistic. Were you there at that time, Brad? You're the one who got the security guard. He's smart. The guy went ballistic. Now, throughout the whole game, he was not swearing, he was not cussing, he was overbearing, but he wasn't vulgar. But the moment that fella didn't allow him to leave, he just, it was like he flipped a switch, and all of a sudden, he started cussing, he started swearing, and everything. And it escalated, and then the guy stood up, and they're like, she was, and they were right in front of me, and, and their buddies are sitting there going, settle down, settle down. And anyways, I was shocked at the barrage that this guy took who was sitting there because he wanted to watch the game. And all of a sudden, his buddy started yelling at him, you're no good. Your name means nothing. Everybody in the city knows you're nothing. And he went on for like five minutes, if not longer, berating this guy. And he was like, I mean, I felt like I was nothing. I mean, and he wasn't talking to me. But I mean, the guy, and he was like six inches, eight inches from his face, and he was yelling. You could see the veins in his, you are nothing. Nobody cares about you. In this city, everybody knows that you mount to nothing. You can't do anything. You are garbage. And he was going for like five minutes at this guy's face. You talk about noise. And that guy just sat there, and I was shocked. Now, probably because he knows what happens when that guy goes ballistic. But what it made me think about is, what kind of noise do we hear that we're constantly berated with? I saw a little thing from, um, on CNN just a few days ago. I was flipping through the channels, and it was... Uh, Anderson Cooper, and he, he did an experiment that they had done with somebody listening to voices in their head for 45 minutes, and he had to do exercises. So one of the exercises he had to do was he had to do an addition, you know, 5 plus 5, some simple math, and he started off okay, and about three or four equations in, he started to get them wrong. Simple math. Then he did a memory, so somebody would say five words, and he had all these words going in his mind, in his head the whole time this, this person was talking. And, and then he had somebody interviewing him, asking him five questions, and he wanted to repeat these things. 
and he could repeat three of them, but he couldn't repeat the last couple. He did it again, and then they talked to him for a minute, and then they asked him again, what were those five things? He couldn't remember one of them. Then he had to do some um, origami where you, you flip the paper over and you, you make, you know, butterflies and all this stuff. And they had the example right there and everything to do, and he started to flip. And he gave up. Now, this is an educated man. And he was just listening to an exercise with noise, voices. And he couldn't, he, he literally, he looked at the camera and he says, I can't do this. And he, and he gave up. And, and that was only a 45-minute exercise and he wasn't even into it 45 minutes. The noise and the level of voices that come and bombard us and speak at us wear us down. And they make us lose our concentration. They make us lose our focus. They make us lose those things that maybe we're supposed to be looking at. And the children of Israel had this for 40 days. Every day, Goliath came out and he would barrage and he would berate and he would taunt the children of Israel. And that's when David comes on the scene. And Pastor Daniel shared about this, so I don't want to get into any further what Pastor Daniel shared on. But what I'd like you to see is how David responded. So if you can turn to 1 Samuel 17, and I'm going to read about six or seven verses. And I'm going to start in verse 41. And this is after David introduces himself to Saul and he gets Saul's armor and then he takes it off and he says, I can't do it. i got to do with what I know. And so in verse 41 it says, And then the Philistine came on and approached David with the shield bearer in front of him. So Goliath, not only is he like nine feet tall, literally, but he's got a guy carrying a shield for him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy, with a handsome appearance. The only thing David had going for him was he was a good-looking guy. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? Like, is this some kind of game? And, and this is the verbal abuse. This is the taunting. This is what the enemy is doing. And he says, Is this some kind of game? Who do you think you are? I'm so powerful, and, and is this like a game with a dog and a stick, and you're the stick, and I'm the dog, and I always, and I, what's going on? And I mean, and he starts berating them, and he starts hitting them. He starts yelling at them. And he says, and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Have you ever had somebody curse at you? Man, I've had it a couple times. Not a lot but I've had a few. I mean, you, it gets you. I had it one time, it took everything within me not to say something. And I wanted so badly to say something. The, the, the Philistine, he curses him, and then he says to David, come to me, and I'm going to give your flesh to the birds. And they're the beasts of the field, the birds of the sky, and the beasts of man. You are just going to be dinner for me. I'm going to chew you up and spit you out. 
And I want you to see the response that David says in verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you've taunted. You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord. When the odds are three to one, pick the one. When the odds are up against you and it's a sword and a spear and a javelin, it's this, it's that, it's everything, it's my friends, it's my enemies, it's oh, nobody's for me, everybody's against me, all these things are mounting up against me and it's three to one and I'm feeling overwhelmed, pick the one. He says, I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. There's something powerful about the name of Jesus. I'm trying to figure it out. In Acts, Paul is doing some miracles, and they started to take napkins and aprons that were around Paul. I think it was in Acts 19. And they took those, and they would send them away to people that were sick. So can you imagine getting an apron or, or an, an, a handkerchief or a napkin that Paul had maybe sweated on, that Paul maybe had worked around, that Paul had prayed over and anointed, and that goes, and there's power in that item, and it says actually that de demonic spirits and evil spirits left when that came into contact with the people. Healing. People were healed, and everything happened. I mean, there's power in the name of Jesus. And if you read in that account in Acts, there's these people called the seven sons of Sceva. And they hear about this, and they think, we want to try this. And if you read the story, it's very interesting. They didn't say that they knew Jesus, but they just tried to do what was happening. And they came across this guy that, that had a demonic spirit. And he says, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? There's something powerful in the name of Jesus. There's something powerful in the name of our Lord. Winona shared with the women last year or the year before about the names of God. And when you read these passages, especially in the Old Testament, when it talks about the name of the Lord, it's not just one name, it's an all-encompassing. And there's like, I don't know how many, how many names did you do? Maybe ten names. And there's 15, 20, if not more, names of God. And sometimes people would have an experience and they'd, they'd, they'd name that experience and that wasn't to limit God so much as it was to identify and accept. So, for instance, Jehovah Jireh. In, in the example of Abraham giving up Isaac, his son, and then God provides a lamb. And so Abraham says, he's Jehovah Jireh, he's my provider. It's not an all-inclusive name, but that identifies. And you get all these names of God, and they're all listed, and they cover everything, the whole spectrum. So when Jesus, when David came and he says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, he says, I come to you in every name that is out there about my God. And so... 
Goliath comes to him with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. And David says, I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And then David says, this day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands. I like, I like the opportunity to trash talk. When you play with me, you find out that I will try to trash talk you. Because if I can't beat you, i got to try to demoralize you. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands. And I will strike you down and remove your head from you. And here's a guy probably with a squeaky voice. And I will give you the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky. And he starts to repeat what Goliath is saying to him. You're going to go to the birds of the sky and the fowls of the air, uh, the fowls and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and all that, that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's. The battle... Is the Lord's. Whose battle is it? The battle you're in, whose battle is it? Is it your battle? So why are you trying to do it all by yourself? Whose battle is it? The battle is the Lord's, and he'll give you into our hands. And then it happened, when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to meet David, that David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand into his bag, and he took out from it a stone, and he slung it, and he struck the Philistine on his forehead, and the stone sank into his forehead so that he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and he struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in David's hand. In fact, what killed Goliath was Goliath's own weapons killed him. The weapons that the enemy thought that he could destroy David with were the weapons that actually David destroyed Goliath with. Hallelujah. She's just cheering me on. Way to go, Bella. I don't mind children when they cry. It's okay if a child cries. Amen? And she's going to be a good singer. I'll introduce her to Olivia. Olivia had a set of lungs on her. Hallelujah. I won't go any further. When the enemy comes against you with a sword, a spear, and javelin, you know how you respond? You only have to respond one way. You don't have to equal. You know, sometimes we think we have to do tit for tat, and we have to equal every single, oh, he's doing this, I got to do this. He's come against me this way, I got to come this way. He's trying that thing. I got David didn't David didn't try to equal everything the enemy had. He just said, "You come to me this way, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts." And this morning, I believe there's some territory that the enemy has camped in your life with. And I believe that many of us have recognized and seen that there's areas in our life 
that the enemy has come and he sat there and he starts to squat and he starts to think that he now owns this property. And it's funny. You let him into your yard and all of a sudden he starts to charge you taxes. It's not even his property. But he starts to think that he takes the ownership. He starts to think that he can dictate what goes on. And this morning, I believe God wants to heal some people today. I believe God wants to set some people free today. I don't care if it's an addiction. God is bigger than addictions. I don't care if it's an addiction. I don't care if it's nicotine, alcohol, pornography, or any other type of addiction, drug, or any other style. God is bigger than those addictions. And they may sit, you may look at them and they may make you feel like you're nothing and they may yell at you and they may scream at you, but you can come and say, I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. You don't have to try every single thing. You just come back and say, in the name of the Lord of hosts. My God is bigger than that, and the battle is the Lord's. The crazy, fun, ridiculous thing is the battle's the Lord's, and yet you get to participate in it. It's his battle, and yet David was the one that got to participate in it. It's when you step out of the way and you say, God, this is your battle. He says, come on with me and let's have some fun. And let's see what kind of trajectory I can do on that little slingshot. And you've got a little space in the forehead of a nine-foot guy in front of you. And I'm going to just, you just throw that rock and you just let me kind of do the physics and make it hit. And there is more power in releasing God than there is in you trying to do it yourself. But I find it funny, the more that we step back and we allow God, the more God says, come and join me with this. If you look at Gideon, Gideon went from an army of over 30,000 down to what, 320 or something like that? And yet God provided the victory and Gideon was there the whole time. So this morning, I believe God wants to heal people. This morning, I believe God wants to heal people. A couple nights ago, I was sitting down with Winona. And in the space of about 30 seconds, and I'm not kidding when I say that, in the space of about 30 seconds, I could tell her literally a dozen people that I knew that were battling sickness, illness, disease, whatever, whether it was mental or whether it was health, physical health or mental health, in about a 30-second period of time. And I'm not talking about distant, distant people. These are people I would tell you either are my direct reach or I can touch the parent who can touch the child. In other words, they're close. And in the space of a half a minute, I was shocked. 
I could tell you 12 people that are battling with things that aren't just a cold. And I don't, I don't even accept colds. I don't even accept a cold. I woke up a couple days ago and my throat was sore and I, my nose was running. And I said, no, I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. I'm crazy that way. Just a little, but she loves it. We have to get the attitude where we say, no, you come against me like that. I come against you in the name of Jesus. And there are loved ones, there's friends, there's family, there's relatives, there's children, there's adults, there's people that have been battling things for 20 years, there's people that are battling things for one year, there's children that have battled things their whole life. I am not satisfied to see them continue on in that bondage, that struggle, or that situation. So what I'd like to do is I'm, I want to pray for all of you this morning. But I also want you to think right now. I want you to take 20 seconds, close your eyes, and just think, is there anybody in your circle that needs healing? Just take 20 seconds right now. Is there anybody in your circle that you can touch that needs healing? I want you to take those people right now I'm going to pray for you, but first of all, we're going to pray for those people that come to mind. I'll give you a few of the names that come to my mind. Chan, Sheila. I'm not satisfied. I have a sister-in-law. Not satisfied. I've got a brother who's on the top end of cancer, but he's not 100%. I'm not satisfied. I have a niece that has had her back straightened surgically. I'm not satisfied. I've seen people who have struggled with things all their life they don't even understand mentally. I'm not satisfied. So we're just going to take a moment right now. If you remember those names... And we're going to bring them before our Father. If you look in the Bible, you'll see some miracles that happened in the Bible were because people said, Jesus, my daughter is sick. Jesus, my daughter has died. Jesus, my friend is not well. The person that was not well didn't always make it in front of God. Sometimes it was a representative, either a loved one or someone that knew them. There was four guys that brought a guy on his bed. So right now what I want to do is I want to exercise some faith and I want to bring those people that I know 
that are not well, and I'm not going to say all their names, but I want to bring those people that are not well, and I want to bring them before God. Because I recognize that the enemy might throw noise at me. He might barrage me. He might berate me. He might come against me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I recognize that the battle is the Lord's. And in the name of the Lord of hosts is how I'm going to operate. And I have seen people get touched. I have seen people get touched. Not enough. But I've seen it. So let's take a moment right now. If you've got those names, just bring them before God right now. Heavenly Father, I bring those friends of mine who have children that are struggling. I bring friends of mine, Lord, that need health, physical, mental, spiritual, you are the God. The battle is yours. And I bring them before you. And just like David came and he stood and he actually represented the nation of Israel. God, I stand, Lord, on their behalf because maybe they don't see it. Maybe they don't understand it. Maybe they've lived with it. But Lord, the enemy has come into their territory and he has put camp into their territory. God, that's not the life that they are to live. That is not how you have designed it. That is not how you have created them. That is not your plan and your desire. Your desire is health. Your desire is strength. Your desire is peace. Your desire is rest. Your desire is wholeness. So Lord, I'm coming to you and I'm speaking those words to you in the name of the Lord of hosts that you will perform a miracle in the lives of our friends, our family, our children, our loved ones. Lord, I expect miracle reports. And Lord, I'm going to speak above the noise, to the noise, and I'm going to speak by the name of the Lord of hosts, not by David, but by what you have done, that you have paid the price, the work is completed, and I speak that and declare that over those lives right now. Enemy, you must leave. Enemy, you must go. The noise and the way you have spoken and you've tried to make them weary and you've tried to intimidate and you've thrown all those things at them the way that you have said that, my God will turn around and do that to you. Because He is strong. He is mighty. He is powerful. And at His name, every single name on earth and everywhere else must bow to Him. That's the name I declare. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you in advance 
for the healing. I thank you in advance for the restoration. I thank you in advance for wholeness, for health, for prosperity, for peace, for rest. Amen. Amen. Is there anyone here that could use some healing? I don't care if it's health. I don't care if it's your past and there's been hurt in your past and you can't get over it. I don't care if it's an emotional, spiritual, physical. I don't care if it's financial. If you need some healing today, I believe God wants to heal and do some miracles. Pardon me? Oh, you're getting up. You're getting ready. Hallelujah. Is there anybody else? Just come forward right now. I've studied a little bit about the miracles of Jesus. I haven't studied them all, but I'm amazed at how many times he reached out and he touched them. So this morning, I want to pray for you. Whatever it is, you don't have to tell me. I'm just going to pray for healing for you. And it may not be long. It might be short. I may spend more time with some and less time with others. But I just, I want God to heal today. You do not have to live like that anymore. If the enemy has come into your territory and you didn't even realize it, but all of a sudden you woke up and you thought, you know what, that's my property. I want you to come forward. I'd like you to exercise faith, and we're going to go after it in the name of the Lord of hosts. Not by me, but by Him. And I want to pray, and I'm going to expect that God will do a miracle. So if you'd like healing, and it doesn't have to be anything spectacular, it can be just, I got a cold. I don't want it anymore. Great, come forward. My God does silly things. He takes care of colds. Amen. Are you ready to receive? I'd like you to, if you're, you're here for prayer, just raise your hands just, just as an act of faith to receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I declare healing. Healing. Hallelujah.
sound in your ear. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the miracles that you have performed today. I thank you, Lord, for the territory that is being restored today. I thank you, Lord, that the battle is yours. It's not something I need to bear, but it is yours. And you just say, follow me. Lord, I pray a blessing over everyone here today. I ask, oh God, that you would bless everyone as they walk indoors, as they walk out of doors. I ask, God, that you'd bless everyone when they rise and when they sit. I ask that you would go before them, prepare ways, prepare jobs, prepare opportunities for them, before them, be around them that they would live a blessed, victorious life. In your precious name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week.